Mentalpod.com. Hello again, everybody. Welcome to my show, The Story of My Life. I am your hostess for this evening. On My name is Sarah Adewalu, and I'm your hostess for this evening on Thursday, May 7th, 2020 at 9.33 p.m. I am 22 years old, and I'm from Little Ferry, New Jersey, which, if you're not familiar with, it's in Bergen County, the neighboring town between Hackensack and Teaneck. I am a senior in journalism slash communications student at Montclair State University with an emphasis in broadcast news media. Yes, you heard me right. You are currently tuned into part two of episode 21, the title which is Intersectionality. Literally just one word. More than simply enough enough for now, I hope. So, first off, what is intersectionality? According to the online dictionary that I found on Google and Bing and Yahoo and whatever else you guys use for your search engine sites, um, intersectionality is defined as, and I quote, the interconnected nature of social categorizations such as race, class, and gender as they apply to a given individual or group regarded as creating overlapping and interdependent systems of discrimination or disadvantage, unquote. So yeah, that is a pretty long definition for such a long word. So I am going to shorten it to my own shortened version of the definition, which is basically saying that all of our social constructs, sorry, social constructs, (laughs) can't talk tonight, um, they're connected with each other in some way, like Maybe, for example, your gender and how it's connected with your race or ethnicity or other social traits that you have, um, your religion, your sexuality, um, marital status, um, disability, if you have any. Um, Hopefully that makes somewhat of a better sense. And um, you guys have to forgive me. Sometimes I get certain words mixed up with one another, like gender and sex. Um, I know I used to get those two mixed up all the time until I learned about the clear distinctions between them in my women's studies, in the courses that I took in women's studies during my junior year and both the fall and spring semester. Um, kind of talked about these similar concepts and how they're different from one another and how they're somewhat similar. So I tend to get them mixed up from time to time. And we also 
We also used to talk a lot about race, ethnicity, and nationality. And sometimes I get those three words mixed up as well. And even now, I still can't even tell the clear distinctions between the terms. But like I said, um, you guys just need to bear with me because I'm still sort of learning these things along the way as well. But but I'm going to go on. Um, so the concept of intersectionality started back in 1989 when Kimberly Crenshaw coined the term in her essay that she wrote for the University of Chicago Legal Forum. Um, she's an academic, um, so that means she's a professor, um, as well as a writer who specializes in critical race theory. So I have learned a lot about her in my women's studies courses. So I would say that I am pretty familiar with her lectures um, based on the lectures that we see of her on YouTube. Um, she, I'm also aware of her theories on critical race and especially intersectionality. So I would also say that I have an 85% knowledge of intersectionality based on my previous learning experiences. And that is why I consider it to be a pretty fascinating concept. And um, I feel like it is something that we should be discussing more often um, because especially now we're living in times that we're stuck with a <laughs> certain president. Oh my God. I'm not even going to say his name right now, but you know, knowing the type of person he is as a president, um, I think the topic of intersectionality is something that we should be discussing now in the 21st century um I don't want to like sound all political or anything but it is true though like um he's the thing is like he is supposed to be our leader and he's supposed to display um character traits as our leader but he really doesn't at all <laughs> I'm really sorry to say this and um he is a he's actually the perfect example for this, but because he pretty much embodies the typical straight white male privilege, um, also who considers himself to be a religious person, but I really don't buy that at, at all. Um, he doesn't act like it, and he gives us religious people a bad name. But um, the fact that he's a heterosexual white man. Um, that's the privilege that he has and that's the type of social privilege that's often like accepted in our society even in the 21st century <laughs> it's sad when you think about it but you know it's true it also helps you to know that he's a misogynist um so but you know he's still our president and <laughs> I don't think I'll ever truly understand how it's possible that he became our president, but the fact 
still remains that he is white and he's a male and uh those are the two things that give him um a lot of privilege <laughs> so yeah <laughs> Um, so I saw an interesting TED Talk video earlier today on YouTube, which was about the urgency of intersectionality by Kimberly Crenshaw herself. And um, that's literally the title of the video. If you guys are interested in watching it at your own time, which I recommend. Um, again, it's called The Urgency of Intersectionality. Um it's about 18 minutes long, so I really do recommend you watch it. If you're interested in learning more about her theories of intersectional feminism and the examples that she gives to back up her claims. Also, she explains her theory way much better than I do. I'm just an amateur at this, doing this for an, an assignment. Um... So if you guys are ever confused by what I've just discussed about it so far, um, I do apologize. That's why I recommend that you just go on to YouTube, search up the video, The Urgency of Intersectionality. That's what it's called. And um, listen to it so that you can get a better understanding of it. Because she really does go into a lot of detail about it. <laughs> But I'll just give you a quick summary of it, you know, the video, um, before I can play like a few seconds of it. And then maybe if I have the time, explain it just a little bit more. Otherwise, I'll just conclude the episode for now. So at the start of the video, Miss Crenshaw provided the audience with very important names of people who were victims of police brutality and were all African Americans. Um, if I remember correctly, I believe that the very first name that she brought up was Eric Garner, um, which if you guys aren't familiar with the story or you are, um, he was the man who was allegedly choked by the police like back some few years ago in Staten Island and he had a heart attack in the process. And I believe that incident occurred back in 2014. Um, yeah, it was 2014. Um, I remember when it was on the news because that was the beginning of my senior year of high school. So, yeah. To, so anyway, in the video, Crenshaw asks that all members of the audience stand up as she mentions the names of the victims one by one. So the first half she mentioned were the men. And the second half were the female victims. And um, she made a rule that if anyone was familiar with the names of the victims, they should keep standing. And anyone who was not so familiar with the other names should sit back down. And so most people stood up for the most part when she was announcing the men's names like Eric Garner, Tamir Rice, Michael Brown, and such and such. But when she got to the female victims, um, most people started sitting down. So that means that 
they weren't really like familiar with who the women were, like who the women victims of women who the women victims were of the of police brutality. And you know, I gotta be honest, I wasn't too familiar with the women's names either. Um, so that's the main point that Crenshaw was trying to make at the beginning of the video, that we more often hear stories about black men's and violent encounters with law enforcement, law enforcement and the police and being shot and killed to death. Um, and that it's getting to be very rare or uncommon to hear of the same things happening to black women. Like, I was not very familiar with the women's names at all. But Crenshaw was trying to shine a light on the violence against black women. And that also means police brutality against them as well. So I was able to identify with Crenshaw as she continued making her points about the less amount of attention that black women's stories like they their experiences and such um as it's often portrayed in media you know like in the news and music tv shows your all your favorite shows and movies netflix and such but i really like that she highlighted the highlighted the idea of two major disadvantages that women of color face which is sexism because you know of their gender they're women and racism because of their race their skin color it's true that all women have the same experiences when it comes to discrimination Crenshaw brought out that point that black women are also inferior to white women and boy I could not agree with this more <laughs> Like, even if you are a white woman, um, technically you are still privileged because of your skin color. And mostly you're the one who's, you're the type who, type of person who is more reported in the news when it comes to, like, being victims of crimes like being missing or sexual assaults, like, being survivors of something like you know what about black women survivors of a major event like yeah and not just black women too but I was also talking about women of other nationalities or ethnicities like Asian or anything else identifying as another ethnic group um but mostly it's always the white woman always getting the most attention in the news or, or you know, like in in your favorite TV shows and such. I, I'm sure that you guys have. It's usually white people who are the main characters, white women, you know, being the star of the show and everything. <laughs> if you guys haven't noticed. But of course, they are still inferior to white men were probably the most privileged and on top of the food chain and on top of being the social class in society and yeah because of them sexism still exists 
and that and that's the case even when it comes to stories of male victims of police brutality like Eric Garner and the other men that she mentioned in the video which I'll play to you in a little bit so yeah the media does pay a lot of attention to black male victims of police brutality um but Crenshaw's main point is figuring out why the same kind of attention isn't given to the women victims you know almost as if black women never experience violence from law enforcement or domestic violence or sexual assault or anything and it is true that women do experience all those things as well um obviously as you know um i am a woman of color and i really do hate to admit this but I am socially disadvantaged in both ways, um, my gender and my race. And um, But it's not even that, though. Um, Crenshaw also mentions other social constructs, like I may have also previously briefly alluded to, like your social class, your um, religion, sexuality, um, disability, if you have any, um, your ethnicity, your nationality. Um, I'm sure there's a million more characteristics um, like that, but I can't really like remember from the top of my head. But, you know, it's all there. But those are some of the ways that I personally am at a disadvantage. Um, I'm sure that all of you out there, that you yourselves can be socially disadvantaged in some ways and um, only you can figure it out for yourself what it is that uh, makes you marginalized I, I like using that word because you know it sounds more formal and academic um, but Miss Crenshaw really brings out a lot of interesting points in her video um, especially like towards near the end when she displayed the videos clips of the hashtag say her name movement um which i need to be honest i have never heard of that movement before either it made me kind of emotional when i watched it and i really love the audience's reaction and engagement to the video as they were calling out each of the names of the female victims um, again, it's called a hashtag say her name movement. Um, um, basically, what it does is that it brings awareness to all forms of violence against black women, um, whether it's domestic or sexual or police brutality by the law enforcement. Um, but it more so brings awareness to their encounters with the law enforcement and police brutality um, because it started off by showing a variety of a few second clips of women being assaulted by police officers and um, at many places and many points in time like it didn't even matter like where they were like in if they were in their own homes or out in a restaurant or something where 
who they were with, like with their friends or with their family members or loved ones. Um, they were just being assaulted by police officers and and they did display at the beginning of before the clips showed that it was gonna be graphic. Um, so if you guys were to watch the video as a whole and you guys got near the end of it to see the clips of those women, um, it it does advise you that it'll be graphic because of the police brutality. So I'm just warning you in advance if you want to watch it. You don't have to watch it, but I'm just, um, you know, warning you. Um, but the saddest part about each of those clips, you know, like Crenshaw stated, was the age of each of those victims. The youngest victim, I believe, was a seven-year-old girl. Like, think about that. A seven-year-old child being the victim of police brutality. But you want to know, like, what the most heartbreaking fact is? The oldest victim was a 90-something-year-old woman. Can you believe that an elderly woman in her 90s um, who has lived a long, fulfilling life, um, you know, a woman who is literally old enough to be anybody's grandmother or, if you're fortunate enough, um, your great-grandmother. Yeah. Yeah. 90 years of life is a milestone. And um, that woman who was in her 90s, um, she was just savagely beaten by police officers for whatever the reason was. Um, I completely forgot her name right now. But if you guys are interested in watching the video, I seriously recommend that you do so and subscribe to the TED Talk videos on YouTube, just like I've done. Um, But before I wrap up this episode, I will play a few seconds of the video where she mentions the names of the victims in the beginning and a few more seconds near the end where the audience is again engaging with the hashtag say her name movement, you know, by calling out the women's names. So, yeah, I'm going to play it right now. Just give me a minute to, like, pull it up. I'd like to try something new. Those of you who are able, please stand up. Okay, so I'm going to name some names. When you hear a name that you don't recognize, you can't tell me anything about them, I'd like you to take a seat and stay seated. The last person standing, we're gonna see what they know, okay? All right. Eric Garner. Mike Brown. Tamir Rice. Freddie Gray. Michelle Cousseau.
Tanisha Anderson. Ara Russer. Megan Hockaday. And that's pretty much the end of this video. I hope that you all took something away from this episode and you're able to learn many important lessons from this. Which, if you want to share with me stories of your own experiences, um, um, I really would love to hear it. But I would like to thank you guys once again for tuning into this episode tonight on May 7th at 10 o'clock on the dot. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback about my show, please don't be afraid to hit me up on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and a million other places on social media. <laughs> I'm very active on Instagram, and I have two accounts. Um, my personal, which is summer girl of 97 um again that's the word summer girl of of 97 and my professional with professional account which is sarah underscore journalist um that's my name sarah with an h underscore and the word journalist and um Feel free to reach out to me in any way, shape, or form that you're able to. My advice for you guys is to stay safe, stay warm, stay healthy, and take really good care of yourselves and your loved ones physically, emotionally, mentally, and, you know, be wise. Like the famous saying goes, it's always better to be safe than sorry. Enjoy the rest of your week and have a wonderful night. I hope to talk to you all next week.